classes in session for the black and nerdy. Welcome to the Blurred Alliance University. Let's go. Blurred Alliance University, you rocking with J-Rock? McFly Smith. Hey, I literally just realized this is our 30th episode. So again, thank you all to everybody that's been rocking with us over the course of these 30. I feel like it's a good milestone for us. Because like we were just talking about, like I barely like you weekly. So I feel like this is a, a huge moment for us. You feel me? So what you guys say? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Get your mind right. Lock in. Lock in. I'm just playing. <laughs> nah, damn, 30 episodes. That's really crazy, though, for real. Um, no, nah, yeah, we appreciate y'all. Um, like he said, you know, I can't really stand this nigga most of the time, but <laughs> we do what we can do. You know, hey, nice nigga. I gotta do my best to deal with the situation at hand. But, you know, at some point here, we'll end up like B2K and we'll just go our separate ways. Yeah, it's crazy that you have to deal with being carried this whole time. I'm clearly like, the Omarion you know of the group. Like, <laughs> nigga, you're Raz B. Don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Raz. Yeah, I couldn't even be. I gotta be Raz. That's crazy. You Raz B, dog. I'm sorry. That's wild. I'm Raz B has things going on. Ain't no one playing with my booty hole. <laughs> I don't know what to talk about there, buddy. <laughs> hey, no one back in my undercarriage. <laughs> Tighten up. <laughs> nah, me. So you might pick another. You know what I'm saying? Oh my but, gosh, nah, you're wild. For real. 30 episodes. Well, we started this what, 2021? Yeah, 2021 when I was back at home. Yeah, man. We we really doing it for real. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. We appreciate y'all. And you know, 2024, we really finna turn up. So be on the lookout for us, because we coming. Yeah, I mean, like I said last episode, we on your asses for real. We locked in. Next week is going to be the Blurdy Award, so don't miss that. That's our best episode each year. We're going to recap the whole year, give awards out to everything that we watch that is, of course, deserving, good or bad. So... I mean, y'all going <laughs> new listeners, y'all going to see why people say DJ hates everything. So <laughs> it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a real, real good time. Y'all sick. It's going to be lit. <laughs> y'all are so sick. That is crazy. That is really crazy. It's not. It's not. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? We all have our roles to play, and that's your role. So you, you stay in that lane really well, dog. I'm proud of you. You've done amazing this far. 30 episodes? Nigga. I commend you for real. Fuck what y'all talking about. Y'all really <laughs> You know what? Nope. 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 I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> Say you going to make me come up out myself. <laughs> I'm let it slide. <laughs> I'm let it slide. <laughs> let's get to the next subject. And let's keep it pushing. I'm weak. But seriously, Blurdy's next week. That's going to be also the first episode that I'm going to put on the YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that link. That I'm going to post in this episode description as well. So y'all can go ahead, get ready, set y'all notifications. Because y'all don't want to miss that. But of course, we got a lot of stuff to get into. A lot of blurdy news. A lot of things that are just happening in the entertainment industry. And I feel like some of these conversations could lead to even deeper conversations. Of course, that's what we why we have them on here. So leading in to our episode, I mean, I'm sure a lot of y'all have seen the press junket and the press tour for The Color Purple that's coming out on Christmas. And one of the major things coming out of that press junket is Taraji P. Henson still talking about the wage disparity and the wage gap between Black actors and Black actresses 
and their white counterparts and also just between the actresses and the actors um, and the way they're treated, the way they're valued in Hollywood. And I feel like this has been a topic of discussion for a very long time, a very much needed topic of discussion because of course it's still happening. If it's still happening, it still needs to be talked about. With The Color Purple about to come out, I've already seen it, DJ hasn't seen it yet, but with that coming out, being one of the few really all black movies that came out this year, I want to get into a conversation about why we still think it's happening to this day and what's essentially happened to black movies in general. Cause I know we've talked about it a little bit before, bro, how we really don't have those mid budget black movies with yeah. low stakes that come out anymore. And of course the color purple's color purple is a bigger movie than that. But I just want to get your thoughts on why you think, we don't have black movies like that anymore or like when we kind of started to see them disappear. Well, you know, like I said, it's kind of like at some point, you know, they decide that they don't need us anymore. So when they don't need us anymore, they kind of push us out slowly, but surely. Cause if we really think about nineties and we think about two thousands, that's kind of where that era kind of slowly started to evaporate and it just started becoming, you know, police brutality movies or you know going on our 80th mlk movie or malcolm <laughs> x movie all great happy they're there i enjoy them 12 years a slave but will i ever repeat and watch them again no so at some point here in time in holly weird they decide that all right we've reached our quota of <laughs> black or asian or or whatever ethnicity they decide that they don't need to push anymore they just slowly push you back and they start to push what you know the go woke go broke people want so therefore that's where we end up at now i always say i miss it because black cinema was it was tight popping it It was was really (laughs) it was really that that type of vibe for real so um yeah it sucks and you know the people that were kind of on the edge you know the spike lee Eddie Murphy, Samuel Jackson, Orange Fishbourne, um, Martin, and all them other niggas, Denzel Washington, all of them. You know what I'm saying? They had at some point were the spark in any of these generations we're talking about from the 80s to the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point, someone had to, like we said, take the torch. No one took the torch. <laughs> 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 no one grabbed on and said, all right, it's our turn. You know what I mean? It kind of mm-hmm. died down. Now, obviously, we got, you know, Michael B. Jordan in them, and that's cool. Whatever. But Michael B. Jordan really didn't even get that start till like, way later. Like, mm-hmm. he really didn't hit that big of a mark until Fruitvale Station. So, basically, we just needed someone who had that voice, who had that, you know, that draw, like, draw us to the theater, that black cinema. Because, mm-hmm. you know, even Ice Cube was running that bitch for a while with all the barbershops, the Fridays, yeah. the are we there yet, are we done yet? And, yeah, they just, they was done. <laughs> <laughs> are we there yet, are we done yet? They, they finished up. They wrapped that shit. They was just out of there. And even also, you know, the Waynes. They were big. They were huge. But, you know, at some point, Niggas get old. And it's like, I don't want to keep writing anymore. I don't want to keep acting anymore. I don't want to do stand-up anymore. They kind of just want to be behind the scenes and get that director's debut. But for being honest here, there ain't a lot of black directors around this motherfucker. And if there are, they doing 12 Years a Slave or uh, 
coon got my feet or some shit. <laughs> Yo, what? That is wild. Some wild shit they come up with. You know what I mean? And that's how it is. And also, a lot of this young generation, bro, they just, they be acting up. So, unfortunately. <laughs> he said, so let me go ahead and list all the factors. You feel me? Unfortunately. <laughs> so... There's that. layers. But to me, personally, you know, like I, we always said, it's like, you know, they always jump in bed with us when it's it's their time, where they're like, oh, yeah, let's be their savior. But it's mm-hmm. like, we don't need that. We just need to be able to create what we want. Mm-hmm. But, hey, that's just me. Yeah, I hear you. And I want to go back to one of the points you made with talking about black trauma movies and People usually, I won't, I don't want to say getting their start, but sometimes just getting their big breaks with those movies or only being funded to make those movies. And I was talking with a friend very recently. He's Hispanic, and we were actually talking about black trauma movies because we were talking about the type of movies we're into. And I'm like, yeah, black trauma movies, like I could watch them once because, again, I feel like those stories are important. Those stories do need to be told to a certain extent. So I'll watch them once or some I'll watch once, but I will never put it on again. And his response is very interesting because he told me, of course, he acknowledged that we are never going to have the same experience with those movies because you're not black, dog. Like you're not you're not going to see it from my point of view ever. But he was like, it's important for me because it does educate me because I don't know everything that y'all been through. And to see it depicted on screen, it does give me an idea and kind of lets me know and educates me, aside from like reading books and things like that. Like some people's favorite and base form of media are TV and movies. So if they can be educated by that, by all means, like there is a place for that. But I think we start getting into a dangerous territory when they're using our pain and our trauma not to educate but to commodify and to make money off of it and to exploit our pain just for, just for, especially just for award season. Cause you can tell when something's made for education and when it's made for the love and when it's made to tell a story, as opposed to just getting a war, like this is my vehicle to an Oscar. This is my vehicle to an Emmy golden globe, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And whatever the fuck you're chasing, it's so painfully obvious to see when people do that. Especially when you go back and you look at the crew and every writer, every director, every producer is white. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like that's also a very slippery slope with making black trauma things. Because, I mean, me and you talk about all the time. I really don't watch anything new with black trauma that comes out. Like, it really has to grip me or I have to, like, feel like I need to see it for a black trauma movie to get me. And it's... Like I said, it's a slippery slope because, again, I know these stories need to be told. But how many times are we going to tell the same story? You know what I'm saying? Like you said, we on our 80th MLK movie, dog. I was good with my friend Martin, nigga. We like we <laughs> preaching. <laughs> I was good back then. Like they they had a little nigga educated. I knew exactly what he was doing, where he was at. Like it was a good time. And we got to learn. And they didn't hide the fact that he was shot. like that movie was deep. That movie, like, they didn't hide the fact that he was shot or nothing. nothing. Like, bruh tried to run back through the door and was like, more you finna die. <laughs> Couldn't save my bruh. Like, <laughs> that shit was so dark. <laughs> Couldn't save my dude. But the point remains, like, 
I like you said, there's there's just so many different factors. And I agree with your base sentiment that we just need space and room for our stories to be told. That's all we need. We just need the space and the opportunity. But back to Taraji's point with her talking about the the disparity in, in wage between the actors and actresses, I also feel like there is a huge disparity between the wages and the opportunities given to black directors and white directors. Because like you said, we don't, bro, we don't have that many that's really popping like that. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Ava DuVernay, Ryan Coogler. Um, ah, I forget her name that just did the Marvels. Um, I know you're talking uh, about. Of course, like Tyler Perry and, right. and Kenya yeah. Bears and Gary Gary. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we can almost count on one hand how many directors get those type of opportunities. But we can also look and see what freedom they have with in those opportunities because you can argue that the marvels i wish i could remember her name i gotta look it up but you can argue she had no freedom with that project at all like that's a kevin feige production nigga they just (laughs) attached her name to it and was like hey we got our first black female director y'all is lit but like you can tell i know you haven't seen it i've watched it and you can tell that shit was carved the fuck up in post production and as as soon as it wrapped filming because that movie is so disjointed that it's like there's no way this could have been her vision you know what i'm saying and they did reshoots and it's just a lot so with that being said with taraji's point i mean of course there's layers and there's factors but what do you think about the wage disparity between black actors and actresses and their white counterparts and how it affects the movies and art that we ultimately do get from them. Because the motherfuckers just always want to be in control. They always want to be above everyone else, no matter what. And I think that is the problem. And that's the problem that they refuse to admit or come to a conclusion that they just don't see anyone other than themselves as equals. Unless you obviously sell your booty hole to them and then they like, we'll give you a raise. And that's just how shit is. Because that's Holly weird. That's how it's always been. And it just kind of reminds me of like, um, what's that movie for? The Butler. When, you know, it got to a certain point where they were still making the same amount of money that they first started off with. Why mm-hmm. all the rest of them other motherfuckers got, you know, a raise and shit. So it just comes down to them and it comes down to probably not being able to speak up like they want because, well, we know Holly weird and they want your ass gone. You're going to be gone. And we've seen how many actors and actresses that we no longer see anymore. And that's just how shit works. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also just on, just on a level as far as movie making goes now, especially just coming off the conversation we just had about black cinema and movies really dissipating over the course of time. I think it also is, I think there's also a factor of the disappearance of the movie star and it's being replaced by franchises because of course, like I said, it's been happening for years. This is the way it's always been. We ain't never been paid enough. You feel me? But I think it's gotten worse and they're able to justify it 
even more now because they're like, niggas ain't coming to see you. They coming to see the superhero you're playing or they're coming to see the franchise. Like if you're not part of a franchise and you're just starring in another movie and you're a black man, a black woman, especially these studios do not value us like at all. They're like, I guess like maybe people will come see, but it doesn't really matter because they're not coming to see you. So why would we pay you millions of dollars when we only think you're worth a couple hundred thousand? So it's like, I feel like with movie making and, and the state of movies now, if you ain't part of a franchise, if you're not um, a part of a established brand, because even with the color purple, I mean, the color purple has its fans no matter what. You feel me? Like they got their movie fans, they got their musical fans, and now there's a movie musical. So I could, I definitely could see. And their book, the book too. And the book. So I can definitely see the executives just sitting up there like, I mean, the fan base is gonna gonna come see this anyway, with or without you. So you either gonna take this hundred thousand dollars or whatever, however much we gonna hand you, or we'll just get somebody else to do it. And that's also kind of a hindrance for us because we know we don't get that many opportunities. And if you pass up on some, there's just gonna be another black actress that's willing to take that money and still do it. And it's hard to to garner more respect and keep fighting for. Um, for wage equality when everything's literally just stacked against you there's limited opportunities you know they're going to make the movie with or without you so it's like what do you do and to your point you can't really speak out about it or if you speak out about it it has to be like in the the right setting like it has to be so perfect for you to be able to speak out you have to be either interviewed by someone you trust or you have to be surrounded by people you trust in that interview when you're like i'm about to <laughs> i'm up here wild you're wild <laughs> you're wild <laughs> anyway <laughs> or you got to be in a room with people you trust when you're about to make those statements and you have to present it in a way that you're not scaring white people which is so it's trash to say but that's just the way that the game is played. Because, I mean, Monique was saying all this shit for years back then, oh, yeah. but she was brash about it, and she was unapologetic about it, and you see how they did her. Mm-hmm. Taraji, like I said, she's been interviewed by the right people. She's being surrounded by her cast. Her cast is, is offering her support, and she's letting shit fly and letting people know, hey, they try to lowball me. I ain't getting paid as much as I should. I'm Academy Award nominated. I had Cookie Lion being one of the most popular TV show characters of all time, and they didn't want to do shit with my character, so I had to fire my whole team. Like, she's letting that shit fly, nigga. And, like, it's fine now because she's in a safe space surrounded by safe people, and she's not coming off as, as, I mean, of course she's angry and she's hurt. Like, I've seen her crying and stuff, but I don't know. It's just something about the way this media tour was crafted that's allowing her to speak out like this. You feel me? Yeah. So no, it's true. it's it's crazy to see, and and like we were talking about, it's not just the actors, the actresses, it's the crew, it's the directors. Finally remembered her name. Nia DaCosta is the one that directed the Marvels. <laughs> Finally remembered her name. It just hit. Me. <laughs> um, and like I said, like these opportunities come, it's hard to turn them down. I mean, I'm not an actor or actress, or I've never directed anything. I. I'm not in the industry like that. You feel me? But I can imagine 
this being a huge break. Imagine getting that call from Marvel, like, hey, we want you to direct, direct the next movie. You pitched them a story, they liked it, and you like, bet, let's go. Kevin Feige, show up. <laughs> it's like, hey, that story you pitched was cute, but we <laughs> we gonna switch some things up because you feel we gotta we got a story to tell that's not really in line with what you're doing. And you're like, okay. And then also with the pay, and it's just like there's just so many factors with being black in this industry, and hopefully things could change uh, for the better sometime soon, dog. Like, like do you do you yeah. see any way, any tangible way that things could get better in the future, or how we would even take the next steps in order to do that? I mean, I feel like. You know, with this upcoming generation, I feel they're more vocal mm-hmm, about shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they really are out here like, nah, what y'all doing is wrong. And it's been wrong for a very long time. So I think at this point in time, like you said, she's surrounded by people. And I figured other people need to step up. Because if we think about it, we've seen Taraji. Like I said, first thing I ever seen her on was probably all the way back to Smart Guy. Yeah. That was fucking 1990, yeah. nigga. And she's always been told, she always tells the story, like, I didn't get my big break until I was well into my mm-hmm. 30s. And that's how it is for most of them. So to me, for how long you've been in the game, there's no way your check should be that mm-hmm. minimal. And we figured that out with Paperboy. We were like, that nigga could be getting paid like 50 cents for all mm-hmm. we know. Because that's how they treat these yeah. niggas. It's kind of like, if you like you said, if you have the starter, they'll get it. But now it's more so the franchise. Like niggas say, God, what's her name? Avatar and all that shit. What's her name? Zoe Saldana. Yeah, oh. you know she's been in every major yeah. franchise there is. But it, she's not stardom. It's franchise. Mm-hmm. She figured the game out. You know what I'm saying? And not everybody mm-hmm. wants that. People just want to be actors and actresses. And like you said, she's nominated, bruh. So to me, and even like Octavia Spencer, first movie I ever saw that girl in was in like SWAT. Nigga wow. with LL Cool J. Yeah. Wow. Come on, bruh. And I guarantee you she's she's still doing the same shit because they refuse to even let her be anything else. So I don't know, bruh. I just feel like we got to really stand up for ourselves if we want something like it's cool tyler perry with the studios all this other shit but none of that matters if we can't create if we can't be who we want to be if we can't have our own culture our own language our own area like you said a safe place you know and they keep taking away our safe places when it becomes too much of a threat to them and so here we are yeah yeah i feel that like you said, it, part of it for sure is us standing up and and making the voices heard. Because I, I like that she's able to do this on this tour, especially for a movie like this that, I mean, one of the central messages is female empowerment and, and yep. female triumph. So seeing her able to do this on this tour is great. And even I saw Coleman Domingo, he plays Mr. in this movie musical adaptation. Um, He's a great actor. Great actor. Solid, dog. Real solid. And he was talking about it, and he's like, there came a point where I stopped auditioning for roles. I was offer only. You feel me? And he was like, I did it 
he literally said, I did it at a time when most people thought I was too early in my career to, or I hadn't earned that right. But sometimes you got you got to bet on yourself like that. And that's what he did. And I mean, he's finally getting his flowers for it and starting to be seen in way more things, especially big budget things. And and I don't want to call Color Purple a blockbuster because, I mean, it's not really a blockbuster, but, you know, it's it's a higher profile yeah. thing than he has yeah. been doing other than like euphoria and stuff like that. You feel me? Right. So like, I feel like taking those, those steps forward are really good. Um, and like you said, it's, it's, it's just hard, man, with very few opportunities with us talking about less and less all black cast and, and movies. And if they are all black cast, most of the time they're already well-established stars in that cast. And it's not really up and coming people. So eh, it's tough. But I hope that we're going to see better days for our people outside of just franchises and and well-established properties and things like that. And with that being well, said, agreed. the type of movies that are being made now, whether they're blockbusters, mid-budget, whatever the case may be, what would you like to see more Black stories in? Or what kind of genre, what type of movies do you feel like we're kind of lacking in in 2023 as far as black cinema goes what do you want to see moving forward you know people judge me but that barbershop franchise bro that shit was Mm -hmm. solid man it was really just us and i loved when we got to the third one and they added the salon Mm -hmm. inside you know because with beauty shop too it was kind of just it was a culture. And to me, a barbershop has always been a safe mm-hmm. place for, you know, everyone, everyone of color. It was always that designated spot where you don't fuck with the barbershop. And I just feel like that was such a beautiful thing because you have everyone who looks like us get haircut coming up there just to kick it, play with check of Fred. And I feel like that movie always had a deeper meaning into it and also showcased our culture you know watching niggas get braided up watching females get braided up you know having a cookout in the back having everybody come over like that to me is what felt like oh this is black seminar mm-hmm. for real like this is this is a vibe and i feel like we need something like that or it showcases us in what we do like in soul when he was in the barbershop i hate that movie nah, but nah. the barbershop was still you know that yeah. spot and I miss stuff like that. I miss having comedies, you know, romance movies. You know, we was <laughs> we was really on yeah. game, yeah. bruh. And, and that's they was like, you like nothing? No, I do. They just are all old. So it's not like I can talk about them. I like a lot of shit, but all the shit I like, we grew up on. So I miss that. I miss just those moments of just like going in. Watching these niggas just kick it and talk shit. Like when they was just sitting there shooting, you remember just shooting the paper ball in the trash can with the homies, you know, it was, it's like that. And that's what I feel like we need more of because it wasn't like just so, just so drama filled. It was just smooth. We had a couple problems, but in that, it was just a smooth ride. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's what I feel like. Yeah, I hear you. And I think your overarching point is that we need more like slice of life black story yeah like just being just chill you know what i'm saying like going to the barbershop owning your own business um yeah fucking you got a all city hoop tournament you (laughs) you gotta get ready for you're a cook and you're you want to go to culinary school or you have a chef competition or 
trying to make your way to the family reunion or you finally came back home after not coming around for like 10 years and your brothers and sisters and being around your cousins and aunties and just having regular stories. And I think that's what I hate that this show got canceled. I think that's what Southside did the <sighs> best. Of course, a lot of this stuff, <laughs> a lot of the stuff was heightened and like unrealistic and stuff. Of course, we get that for right. comedy purposes, for comedic purposes. But they did the regular things so well. And we talk about this episode all the time, especially when I got the stakes myself. But treating yourself to a nice steak when, oh boy, he was finna get off we work. We love that episode, bro. He got the steak delivered <laughs> and he's like, I just want to get home to enjoy the steak. This is the only nice thing that I treated myself to all year. And I just want to have alone time to get this steak. And the whole episode was literally just about him getting the steak home so he can cook it. So regular, but it's so relatable. It's so good. It's so funny. And it didn't, it didn't have a need for needless drama or anything that just came out of left field like he gets pulled over by the cops and he gets wrongfully arrested or like you know just random shit that people just be throwing in all these movies and all these tv shows and i feel like again yeah. i hate that this show got canceled so if you haven't watched south side so it's bro. still on max i haven't taken it off if it's on blu-ray i'm gonna find it and just buy the the two seasons because yeah you put me on i wouldn't even know about it bro, if you didn't tell it me. is one of the best comedies I'd say over the past decade, easily. For real. Easily. Bro. It is so good. Like. And again, it's so regular. Like, of course, there are those episodes where it's just out of pocket shit. Right. And it's just play for comedic purposes. And right. it's still funny. <laughs> but those regular moments, like being at work with your homie, your best friend, y'all have a falling out over some stupid work shit, or you're like super competitive <laughs> over the most basic shit, like who's going to get the most, like they were repo men, so it's like, who's going to get the most repossessed things today, and they're literally just like fighting over these repossessed items, like it is it's one of the best things, and I feel like we need more of that in our movies and our TV shows, because I think the things we do see, or some of the stuff we do see are two one note they try to make us all seem the same they try to make us all seem like we have the same experiences. Um, and to a certain extent, that's true because we we share a culture. Like, we know what our culture is. We know it when we see it and we know when it's authentic. Um, but just seeing us in regular spaces that maybe not everyone can relate to. Like I mentioned, like having a black boy wanting to go to culinary school, he's in a culinary competition or he's really good at cooking and and just having a story revolve around that. I can't relate to that. But I'm sure there's a lot of other niggas that can. <laughs> like, a lot of other women that can relate to that. Like, anybody. So it's like, we get all these different stories with all these other cultures and, and all these other ethnicities. But our stories are just starting to feel so one note and so the same. And not to say there aren't any outliers. Of course there are. Of course. And not to say that right. none of these stories are good. Because they are good. But... I just feel like we need more of that. You feel me? Like real shit. No, it's true because we don't have it. It's something that we've had mm -hmm. that we no longer mm -hmm. get, and that's the problem. Like you said, it's just it's literally one dimensional. That's it. They give us the same shit over and over again. How many times have I got to see my niggas get shot? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, goddamn. <laughs> and speaking of that, and 
also just different types of movies because I love to see it's just in a regular fantasy movie or a sci-fi like an original sci-fi concept with black people like an all-black cast like why can't we have original concepts with our people you know what I'm saying of course like white people and everybody get to be in these original stories and get to be the main character like why can't my niggas be in space fighting some space demons or some shit like why can't we be in the force <laughs> with a bow and arrow here. fucking sliding on niggas like we like nigga i want some pointed ears too why can't i be an elf in the, in the forest like you know what i'm saying like i want some of those stories too we can be fantastical too nigga with <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And speaking of that, I mean, we have another movie coming out, I think in January now. It's called American Society of Magical Negroes. Um, and of course, when this movie got announced. <laughs> they can't wait to say that course, title. Bro, I know. <laughs> you know they waiting. You know they are. Niggas don't even go to the box office no more. White people going to be at that motherfucker like, I'm about to be in a box like, nigga, you know you should have bought your tickets online. Get out of my face. Like, don't even. <laughs> don't even. Make us ask it nice and slow, too. Can I have one for the Negro movie, please? <laughs> Come on, dog. Come on, dog. I'll, I'll tell that bitch it was sold out one seat sold. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, bro. We ain't got to work tickets, bro. Don't even flip the Sorry, screen. Here. Nah, nigga, that shit full, dog. No, <laughs> Take your ass to Baskin Robbins or something. <laughs> Baskin Robbins down the street. <laughs> Take your childish ass and get on, nigga. <laughs> so oh we have that God. movie coming out. And of course, when it was announced, people thought it was just going to be a black Harry Potter type movie. I wasn't really under that assumption because there can, there's no way a movie can be named that and just be black Harry Potter. Like, be, being aware yeah, of the satire I mean. is like, uh, I don't think it's going to be that. So the full trailer came yeah. out. Um, it still is very much a, a satirical movie about the magical Negro trope, which is about really just a black person that shows up in the middle of a white person's story. They have no background, no agency, no control over their own story, and really serve no other purpose than to further the agenda of their white counterpart. And there's an American society of these niggas. One day, a dude becomes one of them. He's assigned to a white person to make his life that much happier and he ends up falling in love with the love interest of this white person look i will be the first to admit that the whole rom-com aspect is a little bit off it's like uh i don't know if y'all should have did that but i am still hopeful for this movie because i think the satire can be very important and also i don't know i i want this to be rated r you know i want it to be that type of satire like Nigga, don't throw, don't yeah. pull no punches. Like I want you to like lean into this shit to make everyone realize how fucking stupid this shit is. And I feel like they can do that with the rom com, but after watching the trailer again, I'm like they're probably not. But that's just my hope for it. Um, and I can understand again. I can understand why people wanted Black Harry Potter, but that's just not the type of movie this is. Um, so with the trailer coming out and, and what you've seen of it, what do you think about it, bro? No, I don't know why people thought that. That's why mm-hmm. I sent it to you. When I sent it to mm-hmm. you, I was like, oh, yeah, look at this. I wasn't excited because it was about black Harry Potter. I was like, oh, they should be coming from yeah. these throats. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I thought. So when you told me, because you told me, like, people are really mad that this isn't like a black Harry Potter. I was like, 
that literally is not what it shows mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> like there's nothing in here that that obviously it's magical. There's some moments, but it's not like like I don't know how people gravitated uh-huh. to that. Obviously, you want that, but do you know how impossible that would be, especially with the writer well, of the book? <laughs> bro, come on now. JK would that, burn the fucking rabbit down, nigga. <laughs> And call it a witch hunt. It's never ever going to happen. Like it's never going to happen. So whatever you're thinking about, just don't because you will get sued. <laughs> so there's just no point even attempting that. But I liked it. And I honestly I can't wait to see it. Because to me, that's exactly what we need right now. Just really cutthroat. I need them niggas really to be like, this is fucking stupid. And this is what we have to deal with. That's what I want to see. And I'm excited. See, for and it. that's why I'm excited, but I'm also apprehensive because I don't think it's going to be. Nigga, what? <laughs> this nigga said, what does apprehensive mean? It means <laughs> I'm also, it's giving me a cause to pause. Like, I'm I'm holding back a little bit on my excitement. This nigga, <laughs> you should have seen this nigga's eyes. What did you just say? This nigga said, I used a college word. Look, dog. <laughs> this is what I mean, nigga. You just cuss at me? <laughs> You just come up here. Look, you throwing a lot of big words at me, and I don't know what they mean. So I'm gonna take them as disrespect. Help me with the sale. <laughs> that was really that moment. I was like, "What?" <laughs> like you just say, <laughs> "Look, nigga, look." Oh my god! But yeah, that's why it like makes me want to hold back some excitement because, right? I don't know if they're gonna go for it like that. If because right. the trailer they showed, like, it's cool, right? And like you said, we we thought it was really going to be, like, a satire from the jump. So it, it really didn't yeah. surprise me and you. But, like, I can understand why people are like, wait a minute. Y'all made it a rom-com? And it really looks like he's just going for this girl. And it's like, y'all not going to really get into the satire? Because I feel like watching the trailer again, because I watched it before we hopped on, too, just to, like, refresh my memory. But it seems like the first half of the movie is going to be that satire that we want. Like, yeah, nigga, yeah. like, really come for, for these niggas' throats. Like, don't fuck around right. with this trope. Make them see how stupid it is. Make it funny. But then, like, I think the second half is really going to get away from that. And it's really just going to mm. be like, oh, he really wants this girl. Fuck if it makes the white person happy. And it's like, nah, lean into that shit more. Because the girl's also, I think she's white, too whatever she is but like lean into that shit too and be like have one of the niggas from the american society be like are you serious right now you fall in love with a white girl and you a magical negro like like bro there's so many jokes just in that premise alone that i don't think they're gonna really go for and that's kind of like i mean mm, like i'm excited for it i really am because it could they could do it they could really surprise me but that's where i'm like fuck I mean, yeah, no, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, I get it. Yeah, like, I if this it. shit, if I see another oh. trailer and it says PG-13 at the bottom, I'll be like, well, <laughs> there well, goes that. That's okay. Honestly, no, real shit. That's that's really what it yeah. comes down to. If it is anything under the rated R, then we automatically we know, already what know about We be. already know what it is, dog. Yeah. Like, ah. No, you're right. All right. Yeah, you're right. All right. I'll, I'll pull back a little bit. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> and I, again, because we were talking about it, and I was like, damn, I'm really excited for this shit. And I watched the trailer again. I'm like, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they could just, you know, 
I don't know. Trailers are different nowadays. You know what I mean? Because they be hiding so, the fact that whole know. movies are musicals now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, either way, we're going to show up. So, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. <laughs> I got this trailer again now. Yeah, we're going to see. Bro, after we get off, like, watch it, and then we're going to talk about it again. Because, like, yeah, nigga, I don't know. And, like, with the satire thing, and also why... Especially tonight, I'm kind of holding off my excitement. I just watched American Fiction, the movie I was telling you about. And, like, it's a satirical movie. But, like, it's it almost felt like the trailer was like, yeah, this is going to be, like, a really good satire. And, like, they're really going to go for people's throats. And, like, they're not going to hold back any jokes, which they didn't some of the time. But then most of the movie was actually a family drama. And to your point with the way that trailers are set up, I'm like... What the fuck? Like, this isn't the movie that I came to see. And like, it wasn't all mm-hmm. bad. Like, it's not a trash movie by all means. But like, the satire wasn't really hidden as hard as I wanted it to. The message was so convoluted by the end that I'm like, who wrote this shit? Like, it almost had me like contemplating, like, did a white person write this? Like, it was like that, nigga. And I'm like, Oh. Man, come on, dog! Y'all got an all black cast. You know y'all do. fumbling this motherfucker. Like they do, they do. do. <laughs> they do, and I didn't look it up yet to avoid my disappointment. Because <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. Because by the end, like I don't want to spoil it for nobody. Because like we ain't really got to get into it, and you haven't seen it. So I'll yeah, get into it more on the blurties. Another reason for y'all to check the blurties out. But, like, it felt like a bait True. and switch. Like, they baited you to come into the movie with a whole satire plot that's like, oh, yeah, all white people want is stereotypical black art, and they'll do anything to profit off it, and we're going to make fun of that and, and really poke fun and have some good social commentary. But that really wasn't wasn't the message of the movie. And by the end, especially the way it ended, it's like, did y'all even really have a message or anything to say? Like, did you take any specific stance on the issue or are you just presenting the issue and are just like, that's all we got, nigga. <clears throat> Go home and have fun. Like, <laughs> Why are yeah, you still like, here? The, movie, the movie's <laughs> over. Nigga. Like the credits started rolling. I really sat there like, is, 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 that, is that it? <laughs> is it over? Yeah. And and that's, like I said, that's again why the American Society of Magical Negroes is kind of like, mm. I'm going to need to see a little right. bit more before I like really go Could gung ho in it. Because I really was intrigued by the trailer. I really, I still am. But it, it's it got a hit for me. It It's really got to go hard. I mean, because what, that's what's his name from the get down. Books. <clears throat> yeah. Justice Smith. So maybe. Name in real life. Justice yeah. Smith, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. He really do be... Well, I did watch that <clears throat> TV show that he you was in. You watched Gen X, nigga? Shut up. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> said, you loud, nigga. Be cool. <laughs> chill. Chill. No, I, it wasn't I like, it, you know. I ain't joking. Oh, shit, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. I wanted to stop. Believe me. I did. <laughs> But I don't know. I feel like at this point in his career and who he is, I feel like I don't know. I think he'll bring more than what we're thinking. That's that's my hope. 
because mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, because they yeah. got him, David Allen Greer. I mean, you got yeah. some good actors. Because I do enjoy Justice Smith as an actor too. I think he's grown so much since the Get Down too. Like I really yeah. enjoy watching him on screen. Um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. And as far as yeah. satirical movies go, do you think we need more of them, or do you think this is kind of like a niche where just like filling a void for right now like do you think this is the only way that real like black quote-unquote black art can get made now because these seem to be the only mid-budget black movies we get at this point i feel like they used to be like that thing um you know there was a lot of them back in the days but i don't know maybe maybe i wouldn't be opposed Mm -hmm. to it to having Mm -hmm. more but you know too much can be really that point where I'm like, all right, we get yeah, it. Yeah, because it's getting an <laughs> influx of it. I mean, like I said, I just yeah. watched American Fiction. Uh, American Society comes out, I think, in like March or February. Like, it comes out yeah. in a couple months, regardless. We just had the yeah. blackening not that long ago. Yeah. So I feel like this is, I feel like this is our way of like circumventing being in a franchise or or getting any other type of movie made for us by us is it has to be satirical at this point. I think I feel like it's a good way to start and build Mm -hmm. to gaining black cinema Mm -hmm. back because we're obviously getting to the theater based on this. And I think there's a point where you can, you can level up to that. You know, now it's like, oh, okay, we got a couple of those on our belt. Now what we can do, oh, we can, like you said, make a movie about a chef. Mm-hmm. Or um, one movie I always like talking about, Corkscrew, because it's Sorry. about him wanting to be a sommelier. How oh. I many black fucking sommeliers you know? Because I don't know any. So there's literally, like, there's levels. And I think at some point here, you can level up from where we're starting and where this new generation is coming yeah. up to. Because there are a lot of black young actors and actresses that want to be on that next level. The only matter is if they'll actually get the opportunity. So, could be a stepping stone. Could be. Could be. And I agree with you. Like, this could be a great way for us to get in the door. Um, But it... Again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Fucking. Again. Another door. Another door. How many doors you gotta fucking go through this motherfucker? Like... But, yeah. Like, it's... It's just been a journey, and we're still on this long journey of being paid fairly, being given ample opportunities, or at least the same amount of opportunities as white counterparts, or even if you're a black woman, as your male counterparts. Because, I mean, it it's rough out there for them, too. So we'll see what happens, and I still stand by my point. I still want every type of movie for black people. I mean, we don't have to be relegated to rom-coms or or satirical films or anything like that. I mean, like I said, why can't it just be a whimsical nigga in the forest, finds an egg, ends up being a dragon. Now he's a dragon rider. Fuck it. I want it all. So we'll see what happens with that. (laughs) But I know we've been talking about franchises a lot. One franchise has come and gone. It has been a ride. I won't even call it a good ride. But the DCU is officially dead. 2023. R.I.P. Just thinking of the DCEU, bro. Do you have any fond memories of the the time that they spent with us? Do you have any kind words to say at this funeral that we're about to have? 
I feel like you set me up. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not setting you up. My, nah, go ahead, dog. You low key set me up. You low key set me up. You in that lane, dog. I told you, you know your role. You DJ's a DC hater. You know your role. Play it well, dog. It's a funeral. It's a funeral. We having a moment. We having a moment. So if you do have any kind words, you could pass the mic. You could pass the mic. You know, but you up here, so go ahead. If you have any kind words, if you want to say any parting words for the DCEU. Now is your time, sir. Let me see. Okay. So what? DCU, that would be okay. I'm trying to think. <laughs> so Man of Steel. Solid. Man of Steel, right? That's Solid. DC. Solid. Enjoyed yeah. it. That's a uh-huh. good movie. Probably the only good one. All right. Obviously. I'll give Will Smith Suicide Squad. He did his little thing yeah. in there, but overall that movie's yeah, still trash. <laughs> what? No, I'm I'm yeah. talking one. I'm gonna let person, you go. I'm gonna let you movie go. As a whole. Whole. Take your time, baby. Take your time. Um, I I just watched Blue Beetle. Is that part of yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Blue Beetle was cool. It was nice and sunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Got some sunlight in there, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> I said kind words. If you don't have kind words, dog, you can you can go ahead and pass um, the mic. It was cool watching them play in water in Aquaman. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Shazam. Shazam! You know, that was fun, too. That was a good quote. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman made a lot of money. Definitely did. It made a billy. Yeah. It was good times for y'all. And I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. Wonder Woman didn't make a bill. That's crazy. I lied. Yeah, it no, did. I'm looking at it right now. It says 823.97 mil. Oh, it never crossed uh-huh. the bill? Oh, that was Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman made a bill. <clears throat> Aquaman. Yep, Aquaman made a bill. There you go. There you go. Snyder Cut. I watched one hour of it. That yeah. was fun. I think. I don't remember. <laughs> but go ahead, Big Dog. We thank you for your words, sir. We appreciate you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It couldn't have been easy to say goodbye. You know what I'm saying? It's the end of the road. It's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost oh, too easy. <laughs> he said, I showed up to this nigga funeral just to make sure that nigga was dead. <laughs> nah, nah, look, look. Like you said, man, it's still. I just rewatched that shit. I still enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. Um... Some of it is still very stupid. I'm not gonna. It's 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 dumb, <laughs> dumb as fuck. But you know what? I'm gonna overlook it because I I still enjoy that movie. The first flight still gave me chills. Hans Zimmer did the score. You know they was they had they was cooking a little bit with Man of Steel. Motherfucker was dark as hell. I think it was ahead of its time. To is be ahead of its time. I think it was. Oh shit! That shit came out in 2013. You think it was ahead of its time? I do. I really do. I feel like it'd be. This would be solid now, to be honest. I feel like it was overlooked back in the day. I I agree, it was overlooked. I'll give you that. But I'm ahead of its time, I don't know. I think it'd be solid now because the superhero movies we got now ain't really hitting like they used to. You feel me? But in 2013, I mean, we already had like the first phase of Marvel and the first Avengers. So I'm yeah, but this one. I feel like it could have been better now because back then I didn't appreciate okay, it. Okay, I get what I you're saying. Now. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Okay. Like I didn't appreciate 
how good it actually was. Okay. Because back then I was like, this movie's fucking garbage. But I did rewatch it. And I was like, oh, this actually wasn't that bad. Yeah, you saw the stupid moments I'm talking about. <laughs> no, for real. Like, they're obviously. Nigga, wait a minute. Star. Nigga, when he, ain't no four when he star. let his pops die, nigga, <laughs> nigga. I mean, he told him not, dude. Nah. Bruh. Hold on, I'm going to go off on a little rant right here since we getting into it. <laughs> the first time, nigga, Clark Kent was like 13, bruh. Imagine, you 13 in a bus full of kids. You got superpowers. You damn near a god. You feel me? The bus goes in a river. You're like, damn, this bus is full of my classmates. You know what? I'm going to save them. It's good. Saved him, no problem. He get back home. His pops is like, "Didn't I tell you not to use your powers?" But dad, you wanted me. <laughs> Literally, he said, "But pops, you wanted me to let them die. Was that what I was supposed to do?" His dad looked him dead in the eyes and said, "Maybe." <laughs> what? I was his problem, nigga. There's a problem because it didn't matter. He saved them. It's not like he got experimented on. He saved them, and life went back to normal. They lived in bumfuck. Smallville. Who the fuck is gonna believe these little ass niggas that a little boy pulled a bus out the river anyway? It was better safe than sorry. No. And my next and the next moment that really got me <laughs> hot was when the tornado was coming on the road. They just got in a big ass argument too. Clark like 17, he feeling himself. He buff as hell now. He like, I don't even know why you talking to me like that. You're not my dad anyway. You found me in a field, nigga. His dad was like, you know what? Nah, you're right. It's okay, because he knows his son can really snap him in half. His pops ain't want that smoke. So he's like, you know what? It's fine. Tornado comes down in the middle of the road. These niggas get out the whip. They're running to the bridge. Everyone's safe. The dog gets left in the car. Of course, Clark can literally just walk over to the car, get the dog, and leave. But his pops is like, no, you stay here. Why are you, why are you trying to be a hero? You're 80 years old. Trying to be a hero in the middle of a fucking tornado to save a dog. Of course, he gets in the car. Nigga, leg gets snapped because he's brittle. He's fucking geriatric. He gets out the car. His leg's all bent. Clark's looking at this nigga like, oh, I have super speed. I can literally move past the speed of sound. If I saved you, no one would even see me. His pops look at this nigga, put his weak ass hand up like, stay, and dies in front of him. What type of bullshit is that? I want you to answer. What type of bullshit is that? No, I didn't think. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you know they had a fuck no. the mood. <laughs> no, no, nigga, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> nigga was 80 years old trying to be a hero. What he really did was kill himself because his son literally said, you're not my dad. I will kill you if I want to. He was like, you know what? You're right. Fuck it. I'm going to die. And that's what happened. And that's dumb as fuck. Those are only two of the dumb instances that I wish to talk about on this podcast at the funeral of the DCEU. Like I said, <laughs> you're such man, man is still, I'm preaching right now. This is the eulogy, nigga. Don't play with me. <laughs> It's happening. Just bury these niggas. Who cares? No, no. I gotta lay them in the ground the right way because we put these niggas in the dirt right now. Oh, they get in the dirt. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, man. Still, it was cool. Going through the list. Wonder Woman, like you said, made a bunch of money. 
was a great female empowerment movement at the time it came out. I know a lot of people loved seeing this movie, especially at the time, because there were no female-led superhero movies at this time, even from Marvel. Should have gave Black Widow a movie a long time ago, but they fumbled that. But Wonder Woman was cool, you know, came out in 2017. That's what's up. Justice League theatrical release was ass. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see here. Mm, nice. Batman vs. Superman? Batman vs. Superman is ass, too. <laughs> I know. Nigga. I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> I just want to hear you say it. I'm trying to be positive here, dog. I am Fuck them. Look, look, man. Like I said, I'm going to put these niggas in the dirt the right way. Shit. Batman vs. Superman was ass. Suicide Squad with Will Smith. I don't care if he was in it or not. The motherfucker is trash. Um, you said say nice things. That is nice. I could get real mean about the Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my brother did a phenomenal job. <laughs> Think he did all right. The Suicide Squad. Pretty good movie. <laughs> Didn't get a theatrical release, but hey. <laughs> winners can't be losers and these niggas were never winners so don't really know what that means just know that these niggas is losers you know so stupid oh my like you gosh. said Blue Beetle solid little intro story you know what I'm saying they said they might carry his character over to James Gunn's new DC unit whatever they're gonna call it my- I actually hope so honestly it was like, a cool I really little intro it was, yeah. They didn't mess it up. That's what you could say. Yeah. About, like it was a cool. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. It was fun. Like you said, there was sunlight. Something that's very rare for the DCEU. So you know, we had a we had a good time with that. And that brings me to Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, a movie that nobody will ever see. And um, did you watch it, nigga? No. Oh no! I thought you went. Remember, I told you I got invited to that screening, and I was like, no. Oh, right, right. Because I didn't even like the first Aquaman, really. I don't know how that motherfucker made a billion. These niggas were laundering money or something. I don't know. (laughs) Nigga, they were moving bricks out the fucking WB water tower or something, nigga. I don't know how. (laughs) Those niggas are laundering. (laughs) (laughs) Them niggas was moving Walter White meth out that motherfucker because I don't know how it made a billion dollars. But like I said, that brings us to the second Aquaman that will make no money. Will probably make less money than the Marvels, but nobody will really care because it is the last installment of the DCEU. And with that being said, let's have a a quick little prayer for them. Prayer for who? The DCEU. I told you that was the eulogy. We have to send them off. Are we still talking about them? Can we move on? (laughs) You don't respect the dead, and that's the problem with you. Oh, <laughs> like we're still talking about these niggas. It's because I went on my man is still ring. I had to. This is free promotion. Free Let promotion. him die. Let it lie. Free promotion. We just called half their movies ass while trying to say nice things about them. This ain't promotion. Yeah, and someone, someone, someone is gonna go watch them and be like, "Hey, these guys were actually wrong. Movies are trash. Bury him. Dead. Gone. Next." What's on the list? <laughs> you are so disrespectful to the dead. That's crazy. But anyways, next on the list is Percy Jackson. If you know me, oh, yeah. you know I am a huge Percy Jackson fan. 
I've read the books, read the spinoff series, Heroes of Olympus, read the spinoff series, or am in the middle of reading another spinoff series with them. Because, you know, they have mythology spanning Egypt, Norse. I mean, that nigga Rick really be in the, in the room locked in writing. First two episodes of the new show, live action adaptation, just came out on Disney+. Plus. I have watched both of the episodes and have also reread the chapters that the episodes cover. I know you're you're listening to the book right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I turn it on and when I'm at work, chilling. And did you watch both of the episodes too? Yeah, I watched them both. Cool, cool, cool. How, it was cool. How you feel about it, bro? I thought it was... It's a, I ain't gonna lie. Like I said, I think I need probably one more episode to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't hate it. it. It's not like hate. It's kind of just like like a readjustment mm. because unfortunately I did watch the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that is what's in my in my head. Yeah. And then when you read them, obviously you create your own imagination on, you know, each character mm. and who's involved and what's going on. So I'm trying to remove all that mm-hmm. and just watch the the show because at the end of the day this is a kids book we were kids when this came out we were kids when we read it so I'm just trying to readjust my brain to appreciate what they're trying to do which is the proper way and they actually have you know kids not 30 year olds playing mm-hmm. you know 12 year olds mm-hmm. so but overall I thought it was okay I'm still a little shaky on Percy I don't know about him um like I don't know. Just something about him. It's just off to me. But I'm trying to figure it out. But I still think it's good. I thought I thought the shots was cool. It was cool seeing all the cast. Good to see, you know, old girl after all the hate she received. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just still working out the kinks with this one. Yeah, <laughs> How about yeah. you? I feel you because for you it's different because you haven't read the books before the show started. So right. <clears throat> for me, it's a bit different because like I said, I've read all the books. I'm rereading the chapters as each episode comes out to like directly compare and contrast to refresh my memory. So uh, I think the reason why it may take some people, especially people who haven't read the books a little bit longer to really lock in is because the first like episode and a half is just straight exposition for real. Like they're trying to explain everything and get through their explanations really quick to build their world. So I feel like the rest of the episode is going to be the action because the rest of the episode is Percy, Annabeth, and Grover on their quest. Right. So like they can't fit exposition in during their quest. They want to get to the action. So I think they front-loaded the series with hella exposition because even the way it happened in the book, his mom didn't tell him like about yeah. gods and everything yeah. like she ain't even get a chance to before she get dis- got disintegrated percy learns yeah. about all that once he's at camp half-blood but they had to get it out the way super quick and super early so that the rest of the series i feel like is just going to be action-packed so for people that haven't read it it might take you a little bit like dj said a little bit longer to lock in because you feel like there's just so much information being thrown at you but i understand why they did it um because again it's just going to be them on the quest for pretty much the remainder of the whole first season right i enjoy the way that they split everything up i think it's very smart to make each season a book because just looking at the episode titles each episode is named after a chapter in the book they're going to complete the first book in this first season 
So that is so smart. Like it is very smart when you have a bunch of books and you created an episodic TV show that you can just make each season a book. Super smart. Yep. And with that, I can tell that they have the author Rick Riordan involved in every on every level. And I appreciate that because if you didn't have the author, you're likely to just fuck everything up. We've seen it time and time again. And with them, I think they've really learned their lesson. They, they're listening to his input because he had a hand in casting. He had a hand in writing. Even when you watch the episodes, it literally says some of the episodes are written by him. So having that in their back pocket has really been helpful as well. So I'm I'm really rocking with the show. I like it. Um, Percy is cool. Uh, I don't know. Like you said, it's something kind of off about him. I think <laughs> what's really off about him for me is his voice. Because that boy be cracking all over his lines. For real. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you hit that age, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, it's understandable. Mm, you know what? That might be yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. And it's understandable for real. Because like me and you talked about after we watched the first couple of episodes and we talked about it briefly, um, you read the books, you especially if you saw the first movie, you have a whole other idea of how these characters look and act in your head. Because the movies right. as adaptations are ass. They're terrible. The first movie is at least enjoyable enough to watch. Like I can watch the first movie again and be like, eh, right. I... I can still get some enjoyment out of this. The second movie, no. No, that second movie's dog shit. Can never do it. Will never do it again. But you again, you have this idea that they're older, more mature, have a little bit, I don't know, more adultish charisma, if that's a thing. Like there's just something different that you have in your head. So when you watch this, and especially when you reread the books, I mean, one of the first lines in the book on the first page, Percy says, I am Percy Jackson. I am 12 years old. And like this TV show reminds you that these are literal kids. And Man. this is a kids TV show. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, I enjoy it. I'm rocking with this series, but it kind of reinforces you, your imagination and makes you recalibrate your expectations too. Cause like I said, Percy's voice, he is real whiny low key and it, he'd be cracking all over the place, but he's supposed to be 12 years old. And I think the actor is that age or close to it at least. So right. it's like, okay, I get it. This is really how Percy would sound probably and really would act. So yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why you're like, I don't know about Percy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's just because I was really I was really focused because I'm like, I really want to like this because I know I like mm -hmm. Percy Jackson. Mm -hmm. Like, I just know I do 1000 percent. So, like I said, it's just a readjustment for me. And that's why I said, you know what, instead of reading. Let me do audio mm -hmm. because the audio voice literally sounds like him. Yeah. I say, oh, and that's when I text you. Day 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these niggas are kids, man. These niggas are kids. And I saw people complaining because I don't know how far you are in the book, but you've met Gabe in the book already, right? Maybe. His mom, his mom's boyfriend that's just like a freeloader. Yeah, yeah, I'm way past that. Point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I that's think pretty I early. like four chapters. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. early. But like in the movie, or not in the movie, in the book, he's like like a real abuser, nigga. Like, yeah. like Percy comes home, he's like, give me your money, nigga. Like, it's like, yeah. And he's 1, so bad to the mom. And in the book, the mom 
she she just takes it like she doesn't argue back she doesn't talk back or anything she just takes it all but in the tv show they kind of played gabe as like just almost for comedy like he's played as like a loser type that's not really smart but also not really an abuser he's just a freeloader and the mom yeah and the mom has much more of a combative spirit like she don't take his shit like they work together but they almost make it like a toxic toxic uh relationship instead of her just being taking the brunt of the abuse and i you remember in the movie yeah so i was (laughs) i was scrolling through it was either instagram or tiktok but people were like complaining about it like oh my gosh she's supposed to be an abuser it's like this is a kid's like again this will reinforce or force you to recalibrate your thinking because this is a kid's TV. They're not going to show that if they want 10 to 12-year-old kids watching this show. Because if I watched that, you know my parents' dog growing up. If I would watch something and the dude was really abusing the mom, they'd be like, turn this off, Jay. What you doing? (laughs) Like, It's a kid's TV show. So I feel like people just need to... Just temper your expectations a little bit. You're not going to have a TVMA retelling of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, bro. Like, he's 12. Grover, I mean, Seder age, he's 28. But he looks like 10. Annabeth is 12. She looks 10. We're going to be real about it. Like, she looks so young. They're they're all so young. And it's like, yes, this is going to be a kids TV show, but do I enjoy this shit? Hell yeah, nigga. Like, I think I had a good time. Yeah, Disney, <laughs> Disney Plus my got one with this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like even that duel when he was just it was him against three, bro. I was like, shit. All right, Flurry <laughs> Spear, nigga. Wait, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, I really was like, because like you said, it's readjustment. I'm really watching, and I'm like really watching. I was like, oh shit. Oh, they they ain't playing. Yeah. They just did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they, they might that. Be I ain't mad at that. But it's life or death in this motherfucking no, world. Everybody pack bro up quick. Like, nigga. I was like, God damn. I, Badass bro, kids. When Percy's mom disintegrated, and he was like, oh, you know what? I got to kill you now. Yeah. That was clean. I got to kill you. That was clean. And I will say, for clean. a TV show, the CGI is nice. Like, right. it looks really good, bro. It's well done, they got bro. Budget. For real. They got budget. I'm telling you. Like you said, these niggas, I think they knew that this was like a good way. Kind of like with Goosebumps too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they trying to put that A one on these TV shows, and it's only because like nigga, you can't keep up in the price if you don't keep giving me garbage. Oh my mama! So I ain't gonna knock it. Yeah. Wait, what's the week? Is it like every Wednesday type shit? Yeah, it's every week now. First two episodes already out, coming out every week. So be on the lookout for that. If you're into Greek mythology, if you're into just straight up action fantasy um if you're into really historical fiction too because i mean they they talk about a lot of history in percy jackson too i mean it's right up your alley so i recommend that shit like i said first two episodes out episodes are now coming out weekly but i mean that's all we got for this week's episode dog you got anything else to say nope (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) 
like I said, man, I am putting the link to our YouTube in the episode description of this episode. So if you went to this episode before you even turned it on, if you're going back to the app, click on that link, copy it, paste it, whatever you got to do, go subscribe so y'all can be ready for the blurties as soon as they drop. We are dropping that before the end of this year. It's going to give you a good yearly recap of everything we think deserves good awards, bad awards, real nigga awards. I mean, we got it all, man. Blurdies is our best episode each and every year. So again, class is dismissed. You've been rocking with J-Rock. Make Smith. Yay!